Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Barnes takes to the corner, turns, fire's going to be well short, and that will do it. This ball game is over. So for the eighth consecutive time, and the 16th time in the last 17 meetings, San Antonio victorious over the Kings. The final is 110 to 105. With this win tonight, Greg Popovich ties Larry Brown for number seven all time on the coaching win list at 1,098. Well, that's how it played out last night at Golden One Center, starting the five-game homestand for the Sacramento Kings. The Spurs came in, really took care of business in front of a sold-out crowd of 17,608. Final last night, 110-105. The Spurs stay perfect on their home or on the road, I should say, and the Sacramento Kings drop to four and eight. Welcome into Locked On Kings, another edition. Jason Ross here with you each and every day, right here on the Locked On Network. The highlight you heard there was the G-Man, Gary Gerald, just in case you couldn't tell. He was battling a cold in the Barry White pipes, but he was amazing last night as he fought through that. Uh, the Kings, I wish, had a little more fight like the G-Man did. Just just wasn't there from the get-go, and uh, we'll give you the game recap today. We're going to hear some reaction from Coach, from a player. We're going to have also an anonymous scout from Locked on NBA share their thoughts on the NBA Kings on the Kings, I should say. So plenty to get to on today's edition of Locked on Kings. Again, follow us on Google Play, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and on iTunes. Send us ratings and reviews, and certainly still get your questions in for tomorrow's mailbag, the Friday mailbag, jason.ross at cbsradio.com or on Twitter at jasonross1140. All right, so uh, let's do it. Let's go ahead and uh, recap it for you. Last night's game at Golden One Center. Lee posting low left, looks for the cutter, driving inside, and scoring on a magnificent shot attempt was Patty Mills. He was stumbling, bumbling, and rumbling, but he ended up getting it to fall in. 22nd timeout taken by Dave Yeager. Barnes drives it high, and he loses it. Couldn't make up his mind. Wanted to go right wing, and he ended up losing the ball. Danny Green, transition three, and there you go. Turnovers just killing the Kings on the last couple of trips. It's now a 41-33 San Antonio lead. Spurs have scored nine straight. Mano straight away for three. Rattleson pops out. Leonard has the rebound for a second opportunity. Hounded by Barnes and Aflalo. Has to give it up. Finds Mano to Gasol. The Bertans to the corner. Patty Mills. Look at the ball movement by San Antonio. Giving them their biggest lead of the evening. Up by 16. It's 80 to 64. They do put on a clinic. 16-point deficit for Sacramento. Here comes the double team, so he passes out to Simmons. Simmons now drives and kicks to the corner. Aldridge for three, and he scores the triple. San Antonio has now made 10 from downtown. They're 10 of 23, and their lead is back up to 15 at 92 to 77. Well, all the highlights there, courtesy of the G-Man of the San Antonio Spurs. Again, they win 110-105. We kind of start the way the game went. It didn't look very good early for the Sacramento Kings. DeMarcus Cousins picked up his second foul 
at uh, the game was just nine to five, eight sixteen. Mark Cousins already to the bench with two fouls. He didn't come back in until late in the first quarter. Kings found themselves down uh, eleven points early. I mean, they're already trailing this game and chasing the game, and they were doing that most of the night. But they did a good job by the end of the first quarter, making it twenty seven twenty two. Kings were only down five. Then they scored the first uh, six points or so, actually more than that, of the second quarter, first eight points and had themselves a 30-27 to lead. That would be their largest lead of the game, and they wouldn't have the lead much more after that as the Spurs would then do what San Antonio does and kind of regroup and have the lead by halftime at 57-46. to And at halftime, one of the things that was going on, neither team was getting in many fouls. The Kings were staying close, I felt, at halftime, relatively close, even though they trailed by 11, because they were more efficient from the three-point line and all they had going in the first half really was DeMarcus and Ben McLemore. Nobody else was in double figures. Rudy had a tough night all the way through because of the guy he was going against. I thought Kawhi Leonard dominated the game defensively even more so than he did offensively. Third quarter was kind of more of the same from the Sacramento Kings as they trailed 81-71 after three. And then, honestly, I thought the game got totally out of control. The Spurs built their largest lead as they led by as much as 18. The final score was five. The Kings actually had a crazy finish against the Spurs bench. Really never had a chance to win, but uh, they did some pretty good work late with DeMarcus getting free throws, missing free throws, getting shots back, and kind of extending the game. But ultimately, it was a 110-105 final as the Spurs win their eighth in a row over the Kings, 16 of their last 17. Kings now have lost three consecutive games. They're two and three at home and four and eight overall. The other big storyline of the game individually was uh, for the coach, Greg Popovich. He tied Larry Brown for number seven all-time with 1,098 career victories. Just an amazing mark. Cousins did get his fourth double-double of the season as he led the Kings with 26 points, 17 rebounds, six assists. He did have a steal, three turnovers. It was uh, Rudy Gay just getting 11 points on three of 11 shooting. No other starter was in double figures for the Kings. The bench was actually much better this time than in the first game against San Antonio with Barnes having 15, 14 from Ben McLemore. I thought Willie played well with 11, and Darren Collison added 10. Garrett Temple with seven. We are curious about the rotation. We brought that up earlier this week in Locked on Kings which Omri was well aware now that he was going to be out of the mix. He did not play. Also, Anthony Tolliver was the odd man out. So Coach Yeager played 10, kind of limited the rotation. Cousins was in foul trouble, tweaked around the minutes, and I wouldn't be entirely surprised if there's even more tweaks coming up, and we're going to hear more about that and the reaction from Coach Yeager coming up shortly. But uh, the rotation questions, I think, were answered. And just from the get-go, I don't know that the Kings played terrible in the game I wouldn't go that far I felt like they just didn't have a spark though there there just wasn't a fire in them which was a little bit concerning I thought the Spurs played well and I thought Gasol made it look easy he was much more of an impact in this game than he did the first time the Spurs starters were all really good we found out that Tony Parker was a little banged up the first time these two teams played and I thought Parker had more of an impact in this game and just the starters were solid all the way through they haven't lost a game with this group yet as Danny Green, Tony Parker, Pau Gasol, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Kawhi Leonard all were good enough to give their Spurs their ninth win of the season. So the Kings have some some work to do, and it's not going to get any easier as the homestand continues on Friday with the Los Angeles Clippers. And if you Kings fans want to get out to a game, the best way to do it is with SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way to find tickets to the games you want to see up close and in person. There's nothing like being at the game 
with the biggest plays of the year and on of the night right there in front of you. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to guarantee seats that you want for the great value that you also want. So the SeatGeek app is the easiest way to shop for tickets. You can literally be anywhere in just a few taps. And the tickets that you want are yours. With SeatGeek, you get the best deals. You also They compare the prices for you and grade every ticket so you'll find the best deals that will fit your budget. All things that are important. Plus, every ticket you buy is backed by the 100% guarantee. That always feels good. So shop with confidence and go to the game. Best of all, all you diehards right here on Locked on Kings, I thank you for your support. You listeners will get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase to get your $20 rebate on tickets. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. It's that simple. Enter LO Kings. That's LO Kings. And SeatGeek will send you a $20 after you made your first ticket request. It's that simple, guys. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LO Kings. All right. So we've kind of given you our breakdown of the way the game went. Uh, a little disappointing, I think, from top to bottom. Uh, I thought the bench provided the spark, I guess the most of the spark, but just just a tough matchup and not the way you'd like to see the Kings play after four days off, starting a five-game homestand. Granted, they played a great team in San Antonio, but you just wish that it was a little bit more competitive into the second half. So let's hear some reaction. We start with the coach. Here's Dave Yeager with the media after the game. Effort, physicality, uh, desire, focus, all those coaching cliches. Is that a type of thing? Didn't didn't help. You know, we struggled to score when he's not on the court. Um, so uh, it didn't help. I, I thought our bench guys came in and played pretty well. I thought, you know, Ben McMore had a nice night offensively. and uh, But, you know, they, like I said, everybody had a tough night defensively. In terms of how you did shoot around, kind of engaging, how they got for a few days off, is that part of your learning process? Just having an idea. It can, yeah. I mean, it can be when to when to you know crack it a little bit and get after people, and when to uh, you know when to back off. Uh, I try to go back to time, coach, but when you just talked about those four days. I know you try to work with the best way you can. There's anything you know, four days. Set aside the shoot around that you talked about. You just Nothing. Nothing. I thought we got good work done. Possibly. Yeah. That way we can't just we can't come out and that's that that was not a, not acceptable. Yeah. They. You know. He had some. Hit a couple shots uh, towards the end, but. Uh, as we talked about pregame, you know, the DeMarcus, you kind of, if you're on the other team, unless you absolutely want to take him out and double-team him every time, um, you got to try to cut everybody else out. And uh, and it started with Rudy and try to be physical with him and, um, you know, struggle to get in the paint and see a couple shots go in. And, I mean, we had, what do we have, four air balls in the first quarter? I mean, and you're going to have that after a four-day layoff, but you should then go make four threes in a row. That's the way the, the thing works over the course of a game. So, uh, you know, we've got to be better. Got to be better. I think he's playing. Uh, he's playing hard. He's playing in a system that does not does not uh, help him. You know, he's playing with uh, guys who who just have no pace uh, to get up and down the floor. 
So it's very difficult for him to, uh, you know, try to take it and go against, uh, you know, a set defense that's got three or four guys back. So uh, I think he's doing a good job defensively. He's been a good leader for us. And, uh, you know, we got to just play with a little bit more zip. Oh, well, not a lot more zip, a lot more pop. Yeah, don't get down 25. Thank you. Well, a couple of things that stood out to me from the coach. Obviously, he didn't seem too thrilled with the performance, not thrilled with the fire, the passion the team had. And the other thing that jumped out to me is he was asked about, you know, if if he anticipated any kind of lineup switch for the Sacramento Kings. I could see it. I could see it. And I think the biggest one would be Darren Collison into the starting lineup. I know I've said that for a long time. But the one thing that you get with Ty Lawson, and coach addressed it there, his quickness. His quickness is what you have. But does his quickness fit with the other starters? I think it can fit with Rudy, and maybe it fits with um, Aaron Aflalo. But Costa Kufis and DeMarcus Cousins, it's not the most ideal fit. So people have packed the paint. He tries to get into the paint, but can't really necessarily finish. So if that's not happening and these guys are getting double teamed, he has to hit open shots. And right now, I mean, he took two last night, made one three, but it's got to be more of a threat than, oh, I'll take it when I'm absolutely open. I think Collison provides more of that. And maybe playing with McLemore and Barnes and even Willie Cauley-Stein, that speed may be better utilized for Ty Lawson. So maybe it's a win-win, putting Collison as the better, more consistent scorer in the starting lineup with your best players, and then putting Ty Lawson off the bench with more of your speed guys, that could be a fit. I'd like to see that, and we'll see if that's something that Coach Yeager does as soon as Friday against the Clippers. So needing that spark, needing that fire, maybe a lineup switch, something to look forward to. Speaking of Ty Lawson, though, just three points, two rebounds, no assists. He did No, he did have one turnover. Played about 19 minutes, and uh, here was Ty Lawson post-game last night. Nobody's getting to the lane. Nobody's going to open shots. Like, it's, just, it's tough getting to our plays too slow. By the time somebody, we get to the person that wants the ball, it's five seconds left on the clock. We're going against the clock. Team gets the rebound. Other team gets the rebound. It's pushing it. It's a lot of fast breaks. So, I mean, it's just it's tough. We got to get into our plays sooner. And just, you know, I think play with a purpose. I think we come out slow. It's just lack of days. Well, and how much does it does it hurt in terms of once you guys start turning the ball over or struggle offensively that you don't really get to set up your defense and therefore you're not really getting a lot of fast break opportunities? We're not getting a lot of fast break opportunities and the, the team we're playing against is getting all layups, dunks. Like, look at the first quarter. I think they made one three, maybe one shot outside the paint. The rest of the 27 points was in the paint or free throw. So we got to fix that. We're going to be looking at this all season, not just against the Spurs, but every team. What can you do specifically, I mean, to try and um, – be a little bit more active and, and try and fit in in that first unit? Um, I'm trying to push the ball, but I know the, the big man just clogging the paint on the other team. They're just sitting back. And even when I do get a drive or something like that, the big man sitting right there and I got to kick it out. So, no, I just and keep working at it, man. Just keep playing hard. Just play hard on defense and try to get steals or just make it, make it hard for the other team. Just got to find my niche. Coach was pretty critical about kind of lackadaisical shoot around and maybe the practice time leading up to that. Hearing that as a vet, like how does how does that? I don't know. Not maybe not feel, but at least as a way a toll on you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I think shoot arounds, we don't take them serious. Nobody takes them serious. So, I mean, we do the same thing. Even 5 on 0, our pace is the way we play in the game. So, if we want to change that, we got to change it with ourselves. I mean, it's, it's got to be important to you to help other people out because when we play with pace, it gets other people shot. So, I mean, we just got to do it ourselves. How much did the, just maybe the poor start, DeMarcus getting into foul trouble, how much did that kind of rattle things a little bit? I mean, when you go down 16-6 to six versus the Spurs, I mean, it's hard to get back because, I mean, then they start playing even more free and even more open. And uh, that's what happened tonight. They started hitting threes. Every shot they were shooting was uncontested or a layup, so you can't do that. Ty, this is a veteran team, and you talked about you know, defense and guys having to come out with a purpose. Is it kind of frustrating to have to kind of emphasize that with so many vets on this team? Yes, yeah, very frustrating. You know, I mean, we've been most people on the team's been here seven, six, seven years, and for us to come out that lack of days, we'll not, you know, know how hard you got to come out against a team, especially the Spurs, if they get you down. Like, I mean, it's kind of disappointing. Wow. Uh, interesting things said there by Ty Lawson. The one thing that, that he said that obviously jumped out to me, you can't say it. And even if it's true, I just, I, I hated hearing that, that it's like, yeah, we, we don't take our shoot around seriously. Really? I don't feel like that's something that the Spurs do and other top teams do. And yes, the Kings aren't a top team, but to get there, you've got to practice hard, practice smart, pay attention, be focused. And I don't know if that was just kind of a cavalier statement that he said to the media in the post game, but it just it sounds bad. It's a bad look. It sounds terrible. And I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not what's going on with this team right now, that they're not focused, they're not sharp. I I, I feel like the coaching staff is committed. All the players have to be committed to this. It's it's a team. And I just thought that sounded really, really bad. So we'll see where they go with that uh, going forward. One other thing we want to pass along today, because I know there's a lot of great work going on the entirety of the Locked On Network um, whether it's any individual team you want to kind of get the latest on and maybe a preview of the Clippers who are coming in, as we mentioned, tomorrow. But uh, let's get the latest on from Locked On NBA where they had an anonymous scout on Locked On NBA and they shared these thoughts about the Sacramento Kings. With the Kings, I think it's the same setting. All of a sudden you come back and you have a new coach and... He's trying to change up a philosophy, and you have players that are put in new roles. And I think they have, with a healthy Darren Collison and a focused Demarcus Cousins and hopefully a focused Rudy Gay, they have the tools. I like their off-season pickups and Garrett Temple and even Anthony Tolliver, guys, to maybe calm down the the waves, but they could be a team to make a that makes a move in midseason. They could have a chance, depending on how they weather their next uh, 15 or 20 games. They have a really tough schedule. They made it through the first 10 games pretty well, um, I think, without Darren Collison. But um, they'll have a chance to, to be in that group. Again, that's from the Locked On NBA podcast. And interesting in there, the, the one thing I will say, and I've said this from the get-go, I think the Western Conference right now, again, we're in the very early stages, I think has three elite teams. I think the Clippers are one of them. I think the Warriors are one of them. And I think the San Antonio Spurs are one of them. After that, teams four through, I'll even go all the way to the end, four through 15, how much of a difference is there? Really? I mean, every team kind of has a player that, you, you know, if you're Houston, well, they've got a great player in James Harden. If you're the Kings, you got a great player in DeMarcus Cousins. If you're the Pelicans, you got a great player in Anthony Davis. 
the Thunder. You got a great player in Russell Westbrook. But, you know, right now, I think as of last I looked, the Lakers were an eight seed. They don't look like an amazing team to me. Is Denver great? Phoenix great? Minnesota? Sacramento? Houston? Dallas? Memphis? I, I think it's almost how you play on that night. If somebody gets hot, if the Kings were to get hot and win three in a row, four in a row, well, they'd be a team that everybody would be talking about. Now, can they do that with the schedule? Probably not right now. But I think it's important for Sacramento to stay close. And that's with this homestand because this homestand is brutal. And to think that, oh, good, when the homestand's done, no matter how many wins, if there's even a win in there, oh, well, they'll get it back on the road. Generally, that's not how it works. You're going to go on the road for six games after this five-game homestand and expect to win, what, four or five? When was the last time you saw the Kings go four and two on a road trip, five and one on a road trip? you got to win home games, even if it's against good teams. And let's say after the Clippers, who I said it was an elite. I think the Spurs are elite. Toronto might be elite in the East. You've already beaten them once. But let's even say all three of those games get away from the Kings. The two games after that, the Thunder, the Rockets. Yeah, they're good. But are they that much better than the Kings? You're playing them at home. I think that's a game you got to not only compete in, you got to win. And that changes the the standings. That skews the standings. Then then you say, hey, if that's a team we're fighting for wherever spot you are, well, you're beating them at home. Now, they're going to have the advantage on their home court, but you'd rather play them here. So I agree with some of the things what the scout says, that if, if the Kings can get some things right, maybe they can be in the mix. But it's hard to say that right now after they've lost their third consecutive game. They haven't been great at home, just two and three. And there's still a lot of work to do, of course, with the game tomorrow against the Los Angeles Clippers. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Again, thank you for listening. Send me your questions, jason.ross at cbsradio.com or on Twitter at jasonross1140. Thank you for following us. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Audioboom, all the different places to find us. Tell a friend. Let them know that we are here for you, Kings fans, each and every day, kind of talking our way through what's going on with the Sacramento Kings. But last night, Spurs got the win, 110-105. We're back for another edition tomorrow where we'll look at the game against the Clippers, the Friday mailbag, and much more as we thank you for listening to this edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.